morning, everybody. It's good to be with you. What an exciting time to be able to worship the Lord. Amen. I mean, this is where it's at, ain't it? This is where God's people get to be. They get to worship the King. I'm going to go ahead and put a plug in for tonight, talking about uh, Psalms 122. Why do we come to church? Why do we come and gather together? That's going to be tonight's lesson, and I hope you'll be here to uh, enjoy it. Because <clears throat> I, I really do like the way that the lesson came together. I was a little bit not worried about it, but I started to put it together, and I thought, man, this isn't quite turning out like I wanted it to. But boy, boy, I got the end of the lesson. It was a blessing to my life. And I looked at Aaron and I said, man, I feel good about that lesson. Now, I'm not trying to hype it up, and if it's not exactly what you think, don't be mad. But you guys know better than that, anything that comes from God's Word is a blessing, amen? Because it is a powerful, powerful thing. We're continuing our look at living a life with purpose. And I want us to think about what... uh, I want to just focus in on just a couple things as we begin from uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. I want you to think about what Paul says. He says, you are not your own. You're not your own if you're a child of God. Because you were bought at a price. You see that cross right there in that background, that's the price that was paid for all of us, brethren. And what a blessing that is that we have received grace and mercy from the Lord. Amen? You know, when you think about it and you dive in and get a little bit deeper in this thought, we are not only servants of the King, we are slaves of the King. And I know that's a harsh word, I know that's harsh to think about, especially the things that we know about slavery and how terrible they were in this country. But I want you to think about someone who is a slave. I want you to think about these characteristics. A slave has no freedom. A slave has to submit to someone else's will. A slave has no rights. A slave is owned by another. A slave is controlled by another. Jesus, as he's given the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 14, he says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. And catch what he says, the kingdom. He says, who is called his own servants... And delivered his goods to them. Now the Greek word for servants right there is a Greek word called doulos. Which means slave. A slave. One who has given up themselves to serve the other person. Someone who is, uh, has to devote their life and disregard their life for the interest of another person. Jesus says later in that parable, He says, Well done, you good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We remember that parable. 
But that word servant right there means slave. Well done, my faithful slave. Brethren, we are the slaves of Jesus Christ if we are Christians. And I know that's a hard thing for us to think about. It's hard for me to think about, again, because of the things we know about slavery and the things that people have done in the thought and the actions of slavery. But in New Testament times, it was just what it was. 10 to 12 million people in those times were slaves. You know, to be considered one of the elite... One of the things that uh, you look forward to or one of the things that you kind of felt good about was to be free. People had a very good understanding as the New Testament talks about the concept of slavery. And we do too. So in Roman times, think about this, and I'm setting this up. Just follow me for just a few minutes. They had no rights. They had no ownership of anything. They could give no testimony. They had no citizenship. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. Now, we know that in every case of slavery, and in most cases in Bible times, and I'm not saying that it wasn't terrible and terrible things happened, because they did, But there were good times. There were times when the slave would come in and it would do their job and it would become a part of the family. But a slave always longed for the thought of being free. And I want you to think about that for just a minute. It always longed to be free. You know, if you were a slave, wouldn't you want to be free to be able to do whatever you wanted to do? But we are slaves of Jesus Christ. What are you talking about, Matt? You're doing all kinds of mixing stuff. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. That word right there, bondservant, is doulos. And guess what that word means? Slave. See, Paul says in Galatians 1.10, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a slave of Christ. Am I trying to please men? Because if I'm trying to please men, then I'm not a willing slave to Christ. See, the only person that a slave has to please is the master, right? He doesn't have to please a lot of people. The slave has to only please one person, and that's the master. So you see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, Paul says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether we're present or absent, to do what? To be well-pleasing to Him. To who? Everybody around? All the people that are next to Him? All His friends? No, to God. 
to the Lord. Paul, again, Titus chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of God. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about this one for a minute. We're talking about Jesus' half-brother. He could have put anything at the beginning of his epistle. Here's uh, James, Jesus' brother. No, he says, James, a slave of God. Look at Peter. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Jude, the same thing. Paul, Jude, Peter, James. These are the ones we would consider to be the elite in Christianity, right? I would. The elite guys. But ponder this. The most noble authors of the New Testament, they begin their their, their epistle wanting people to know that they are slaves of the Lord. And this is a beautiful concept and catch it. 1 Corinthians 1.27, Paul says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put shame the wise. He uses the foolish things. A slave. Think about that. What was a slave to people? Nothing. A slave was absolutely nothing. And what is God about to do? He's about to use the nothing and produce Everything. He wants his people to be the nothing. To come from the bottom of the bottom. To show that it doesn't matter who you are. And guess what? We're going to use that pattern to prove I'm the Lord. This is great. Look at what John says at the beginning of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his doulos. His slaves, willing slaves. And I know it sounds terrible. Someone who has no rights, someone who has no uh, opinion. But boy, what a powerful application. We as children of God must be the Lord's slaves. And I want us to consider this. Why being a slave to the Lord is necessary for us to have a purposeful life. To have a successful life. Two points this morning. The first point is this. Whether you like it or not, whether you hate the word slave, whether you don't want to even talk about it, here's the reality. You're going to be a slave to something. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Whether you like it or not, whether you think that you're not going to be, you are going to be a slave to something. Jesus in John chapter 8 verse 34 said this, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is what? A slave of sin. Let me ask you this, brethren. Have you ever committed a sin in your life? I'm going to raise both mine up on that one. My voice is a, I hope that I don't lose it. I got a cough drop in my mouth. Just excuse me. I know 
it's clattering around a little bit, but <clears throat> Jesus said, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. We all have sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And I want us to just look at this scripture for just a minute. Man, there's such uh, a good meat in this, this little area right here. Look at verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Whoever... We present ourselves to obey that one we're the slave to. You know, but as a Christian, we've been freed from sin. And now we are willingly becoming a slave of Jesus Christ. See, the beauty of Christianity is he's not going to force anything on you. You're not going to be forced to be a slave. You're not going to be forced to be somebody who doesn't have any will. Remember the prayer that Eric just said? He said, if it be your will, don't we always pray that? Because it's not our will, it's His that will be done anyway, right? But if I willingly submit myself to say, you know what? It's not about me. It's all about you. Then that should do some changing in my life. Don't you think? Don't you think there should be some drastic changes that happen when I start saying, I'm not going to do this on my own. I'm going to do it according to what God tells me to do. Man, that's a powerful application. See, remember the qualities of the slave. No freedom. Has to submit to someone else's will. No rights. Owned by another. And controlled by another. You remember what Paul said? You were bought at a price. It costs something. Somebody did something for you. And if you want to be a part of this team, then you're going to have to do something too. So it's either sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness, whichever one it is. So ask yourself this question. Are you a slave to sin? Or are you a slave to obedience? 
Look at what he says in Romans 6.22. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. He finished that thought off by saying, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus our Lord. Amen? When we realize that we have a chance to live forever through Jesus, doesn't that make you want to give everything up to serve Him? Because of what He did for us? Because we were bought at that price? Death. Don't you want to say, Lord, you know, I'm, I want to be free from making my own decision. I'm going to put it all on you because you control me now. Whatever you say to do, that's what I'm going to do, regardless of whether I feel like it's right or I feel like it's not. You know, I want you to tell me what to do now, willingly. I'm not going to say, oh yeah, that's what your word says to do, and then turn around and say, eh, I don't really want to do that one. I mean, I'm good with a lot of the stuff, but that one right there, no, nah, I can't be a part of that one. I got too much good stuff going on right now. I I'll catch that one maybe later on. Now, being a, a slave to the Lord is necessary for us to be successful as children because we're going to be a slave to something. Either to sin or to righteousness. You're going to be a slave to something. But look at the second point. The second point gets me really excited. As much as I hate thinking about slavery and the concept of it and the despicable things that people have done, I just love how God changes those foolish things that people do. The foolish things that are just so regrettable and he changes it to bring glory and honor to him. Because look at this. The second point is this. Being a slave to God makes us like Yahweh. Jesus. Who you want to be like? I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be like Jesus, right? Everybody in here know that commercial, right? I want to be like Yeshua. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. See, when we think about being a slave to someone, it seems bad. And it is according to how the world does things. But when we use it to describe our Christian walk, it's the only way to live. Because of its promises. You remember what James says? Don't be just a faithful hearer. Don't just listen to what it says, but be what? Be a doer of the word. And at the end of that verse it says, and he will be blessed, the person that hears it and does it, in all he does. He'll be blessed. So doing it Jesus' way is blessings and eternal life. Sign me up for that one, right? I want blessings and I want to live forever, don't you, brethren? 
I mean, that's something that I want to be a part of. We see from God's Word that if we don't do His will, what do we do? We dig ourselves in that hole. We dig way down in this hole, and guess what? It's hard to dig out, ain't it? Sometimes we can't even get out unless we turn to the Lord. Boy, His hand reaches deep down, don't it? What an awesome God we serve. What a merciful and and graceful and ever-loving God we serve. But sometimes as Christians we struggle to do what He says because we actually may think that it's not fair. Well, look at this one. You remember Jesus? He was withdrawn from the disciples just a stone's throw away. And look what He says. He knelt down and He prayed and He said this, Father, think about the moment. It's about to be there. The cross is right there. He's been living His whole life on earth for this moment. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Take it away. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Man, man. Jesus knew the Father's will. And it was his mission to do it. He didn't listen to anybody else. He didn't even listen to himself. It was all what the Father said every time. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Brethren, we get to be like Jesus if we have this mind. Look. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Look at what verse 7 says. Made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a doulos. A slave. Jesus Christ. The man. Took the form of a willing slave. That's powerful, brethren. When I submit my will to the trash and I submit His will to what I'm about to do every single day, I become like our Savior. Will I go through tough times? Absolutely. But I go to God's Word to figure out how to get through it. See, I don't submit my will in it any time. Every single time, every single thing that I do, I do what the Lord wants me to do. It will change who you are. Am I there yet? No. But do I want to get there? Absolutely. I want to be the best Christian I can be. Amen? I want to run the race as fast as I can run it. 
Jesus says this, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I didn't come to do my will. I came to do his will. See, when we put our minds that we are willing slaves, we are bond servants for Jesus, it changes who we are because we willingly give up our freedom. We submit to the Lord's will. We take away our rights. And boy, it sounds terrible, doesn't it? But it's not. You're free. You shall know the truth. And what happens? The truth shall set you free. Because I willingly am going to submit to what you tell me to do, Lord. You control me now. Brother Dwight mentioned it several times and I talked about it in class. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame. And now He's sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the example and guess what happened? The apostles followed and guess what we have the chance to do? Follow also. As we close this morning, think about this. And think about it. Just give me just a minute. How dedicated are we to the Lord? Have we submitted all to Him? We're going to be a slave to something. Whether it's sin or whether it's righteousness, you have to make the decision. And you can't ride the fence, right? Jesus said, I wish you were either cold or hot. Not in the middle. And because you're lukewarm, guess what? I'm going to spit you out my mouth. Because I'd rather you be hot or cold. When we put ourselves all in, though, it changes us to the likeness of Jesus. Use this as your verses this week. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. As you've received Him, brethren. So walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. And established in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Do we realize that we were bought at a price? Answer this question. Have I surrendered all? Have I surrendered all? I love that song, don't you? I surrender all. Have we surrendered all to Him? Have we made Him the master of our life? Is He the one that leads us no matter what? No matter where we are? You have to make that answer. You have to answer that question. Maybe you're here today and you've been struggling with that. Maybe you're here and you're not a child of God. I, I make this plea to you, why wait? Jesus Christ could come back at any moment. Don't you want to live forever? Don't you want to have everlasting life? And be with Jesus? 
There's no better time than to do it right now. You can have your sins washed away. They can be forgiven, blotted out, white as snow. You do it by obedience to the gospel, believing who Jesus is, believing what He did, repenting of your sins, turning from those sins that hold you contrary to a relationship with Him. Confessing His name before men, saying, you know what, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And then being baptized in water for the remission, for the forgiveness. Powerful stuff. The forgiveness of sin. God works on you. And He fixes you and He cleanses you. And you come out of the water brand new. Ananias told Paul, what are you waiting on, Saul? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. If you want to begin that faithful journey to the end where he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter the joy of the Lord, and he gives you a crown of life, you can do it today. If you need to repent, if you need prayers, don't put it off. This is what we're here for. Have you surrendered all? That's the question. Come right now, together we stand and sing.